We're holding now in the the days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Aseres Mechuva, Day of Tfilas, Days of Tfilas. The whole Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur Bchalal has a tremendous amount of Tfilas that are miyuchad to those days that we don't say the rest of the year. So I thought it would be a good time to to analyze a little bit some of these Tfilas um, and talk about a, a, an interesting detail or two. Now, by way of introduction, the oldest machzor that we have from the Sakhashkinaz in the world is the machzor from Worms, the, the machzor Vermeiza. It's two fat volumes that are illustrated beautifully with colorful pictures and decorations. And there's a tremendous amount of artwork. It's a, it's a beautiful machzor. Actually, you're able to buy them, like a, a copy of them, a remake of them, for about 100 bucks. It's not too difficult. And uh, the machzor Vermeiza was written in the, the year 1272. And it's the machzor that the shul and worms actively davened out of for about 700 years during that entire tkufa until 1938 by Kristallnacht, by Kristallnacht when the, the shul and worms was burnt to the ground and destroyed. The custodian of, of the municipal library in worms, a non-Jew, uh, felt that, that he should save the books, the ancient books that were in that synagogue. And he saved the machzor of worms along with some other old svarim from the shul and worms. Um, until in 1944, right before the end of the war, the Gestapo came and they tried to get him to relinquish control of these books, which he refused to do. Until 1955, when the Jewish community in Mainz, uh, Germany, sued the custodian of the, the township of Worms to ask for these books back. Eventually, the Israeli government became aware of it and they sued to get it back. And it was, uh, you know, several years of lawsuits. But ultimately, in 1955, it started the process, and these books came to the National Library of Israel in, in Yerushalayim. Today, they're there. Um, they barely ever go on display because they're old and brittle, and they're very, very delicate. Um, they were loaned out to different libraries in Europe during for a certain tukufa. They were copied. A certain amount of them were restored. But these are the, the most ancient machzairim that we have in, in, the, in the, you know, Ashkenazic uh, world of tefillah. Now... What's interesting about it is that you'll see in there, there's a tremendous amount of piyutim. Some of them that made it to the piyutim that we say today, some of it that didn't, some of it's in our machzerim. There's a tremendous amount of piyutim, and they're labeled in this machzer piyute rishus. Piyutim that you could say if you want to say, meaning it's such an overwhelming amount of piyutim, it's clear they didn't say them all. Like uh, the Ramah brings down from the Maril in Hilchus Rosh Hashanah that the minig is to be marach and tfil until chatzais hayoyim. I can guarantee you that if they were saying all the piyutim that are muskar in that siddur, it, it wouldn't have been an issue to be marich until chatzay sayyim. It would be an issue to chapra and a suda somewhere. They, they, they were piyutim rishos. They weren't something that was supposed to be said. You know, not everybody said all of them. There's a joke. They say someone once asked the Gary Rebbe, the Beis Yisrael, how come we don't take out the piyutim from the machza that no one says? And the Beis Yisrael said, what, to take away the hana that Yid has when he gets to turn pages in his machza? That I don't want to take away from anybody. So... The 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 machzor worms this machzor remaiza this old old machzor already had that same hana of turning pages without saying piyutim. Now, a detail that's interesting to me that I wanna that I wanna mention over here is the tefillah of Avinu Malkenu, and and uh, let, by what just just to lay the groundwork we have in the Nusach Ashkenaz that we say today, Avinu Malkenu is comprised of forty four bulletins, forty four different tefillahs that we say in Avinu Malkenu. If you look in a Sephardic siddur. The, the normative Sephardic Nusach, it's 31 bulletins of Avinu Malkenu. If you look in some older Sidurim, you'll see it's only 35 in the Nusach Ashkenaz. Yet older ones, 24. 
So there's something very interesting going on with this piyut of Avinu Malkeinu, this tefillah that we say of Avinu Malkeinu, that in our minig is to say it from Rosh Hashanah straight to Yom Kippur, that I want to, you know, analyze over here. Now in the, in the Machzer Worms, I wasn't able to look up the page, but I'm pretty sure that in the Worms Machzer, there's 35 Avinu Malkeinus, not like we have today. So, so let's talk about the origin of the Tefillah of Inu Malkeinu, the development of the Tefillah of Inu Malkeinu, and some of the interesting shilas that arise because of the... Okay, so I want to talk about the Tefillah of Inu Malkeinu, <coughs> um, you know, where it comes from and how it fits in. So the, the original, the origin of the Tefillah of Inu Malkeinu is a little different than some of the other Tefillahs that we say during the davening on Rosh Hashanah Kippur. A lot of the Tefillahs that we say from Rosh Hashanah Kippur, the, for sure the Psukim of uh, Zechronius, Malchus, Shafirus, this comes from Gemaras Chazals, where, you know, the Anshik Nesak established which psukim we should say to, to check the boxes of what we're supposed to be davening for on Rosh Hashanah. But the Tefillah of, of, of Avinu Malkeinu comes from a different background. There's a Gemara in Tainus, in Dafchafei Med Beis, that says as follows, Tanu Rabbonon, Maiseb Rebeliezer, Shagazar Shalish Yasser Taniyas Al-Tzibur, Rebeliyardu Gishamim. Rebeliezer was Geyser 13, a set of 13 Tanesim on the Tzibur, and rain did not come down. And the 13th one, the Tzibur was beginning to disperse after the Tainus, the unsuccessful Tainus that didn't cause rain to come. Amr Lahem, Rav tells them, Did you prepare graves for yourself? The, the entire group began to cry and rain did come down. So you see they were able to bring results. Now in contrast to that, juxtaposed to that Gemara, the Gemara brings another story. There was another story with Rav Eliezer. Sheyarad Lefnei he went down to Davin in front of the Amid by Atinus when they needed rain. He said 24 brachas of davening. He wasn't answered. So Rabakiva went and took the Amid after him. And he said, Rabakiva started davening and saying some Avinu Malkeinus. And right away, Gishamim came down. So the Gemara says, Have Rabbanan. The Rabbanan started snickering, they were making fun. Yatsas a baskal of Amra, a baskal came out and revealed, not because Rabbi Kiva is greater in stature than Rabbi Yezer, is why the rain came down from him. He has a bazundar maila, something that's very suitable to getting results in Tvila. So, so uh, and there's a few different, you know, minor uh, girsa and eschayis changes in the Gemara about which exact Avinu Malkanus Rabbi Kiva says. At most, what we have Rabbi Akiva saying in the Gemara and Tainus, the Avinu Malkenus, is three uh, pieces of Avinu Malkenus. That's what Rabbi Akiva says. Now, clearly, a lot has been added onto it since then. So, so let's just, let's, I just want to share an uh, interesting tidbit over here. There's a, there's um, a Rav Yah and a Mata Moshe that's you know, brought down in different places as follows, that the Gematria... Of, of Avinu Malkeinu Chatanu Lefanecha, the first Avinu Malkeinu, Avinu Malkeinu Chatanu Lefanecha, which equals 489, is the same as Rebbe Akiva, Hu Yisade. Now, Rebbe Akiva in this context is spelled Akiva Ayin Kuf Yud Vez Aleph, with an Aleph at the end. Rebbe Akiva, Hu Yisade, and that's supposed to be the Gematria. Now, Lemaiser, Rebbe Akiva, Hu Yisade is only 487, and many different Svarim, you know, poked around and tried to do different. Uh, Different, uh, you know, gematrias or whatever to make it work. In the in the Matamoshi, he brings down B'shem the Arzurua that the gematria is 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 different words. It's Avinu Malkeinu Chatanu Lefanacha is bigematria Rebakiva Yisade. No, who you leave the who out? It's Rebakiva Yisade, and the way he spells it is Akiva Ayin Kof Yud Vez Hey Yisade, which equals four seventy nine, 
which is still not exactly not exactly the gematria, but that's the gematria that the Rav Yah has. Now, it's just interesting to me to note that there's a big machlekes rishaynim uh, how to spell the name Akiva. Like when it comes to Shemis Begitin, for example, and you have to write the name Akiva in a get, how do you spell it? Do you spell it Ayin Kof Yudvez He or Ayin Kof Yudvez Aleph? What's the proper spelling of Akiva? And interestingly, based on how these different Rishonim spelled the word Akiva, is how they take an attempt at making the Gematrius of Avinu Malkeinu Chatan Lufanach Hashtim, which is just an interesting detail that you see playing out over here. But B'chalaifin, the, the, the original of Malkeinu is certainly ascribed to Akiva. Ad Kedekach, that the Rishonim and the Achreinim are saying that the Gematrius of Avinu Malkeinu Chatan Lufanach is Rabakiva who Yisadai, or Rabakiva Yisadai, or however you spell it, or however you do it, they're clearly trying to tie the origin of this field to Rabakiva. Now, if you look in, in some of the later Rishonim that bring, you know, that, that, that are Siddur Shtamstrom, so let's say, for example, the, the Siddur of Amram Gain, which is before the Rishonim from the Gainim, the Siddur of Amram Gain, which is what uh, primarily Nusach Ashkenaz is based upon. Most of Nusach Ashkenaz that we have today is based originally on the Siddur of Amram Gain, you know, tweaked by the Rekeach and the Merami Rutenberg and the Ravya and the Machzervitri and the Arches Chaim and, you know, the Tor. But, like, it's tweaked later on. But the, the core backbone of the Tfilas, the Nusach that we have, is from the, the Siddur of Ramram Gain. And the Siddur of Ramram Gain, the Nusach of Avinu Malkeinu is comprised of 24 Pizmanim of Avinu Malkeinu. Not three that we have from Rav Also not 44 that we have today. If you look in the Machzervitri, in the Ravya, for example... So there it's, um, it's uh, comprised of 35 Pizmoinim. Nusach Svarad, the Svarad, who comes from a different Siddur, they have, they, the, not Nusach Svarad, Svaradi, they have 31. So different versions. So the Machzavitri in Simon Shin Mem Zayin, Machzavitri writes a very interesting line. The Machzavitri says about Avinu Malkeinu, he says, he says as follows, Avinu Malkeinu, Regilin Uba and Mimei Rebakiva. He says, it's Shtams, it's Ragal Uba from the days of Rebakiva. Kamesha Shaninu Masechtas Tainus. Like it says in the first Gemara in Tainus, Hamachas Gazru Tainus Vleinenu Yare the Bakiva Fneateva Vchulu Vchulu. Then says the Machzavitch, You Shero Shenene. When people saw that this Tfila brought results, that it brought an answer, Haisifu Aleim Mide Yoyim Vyoyim. They added onto it every day. Vekavamli made Chuva. They decided to take this Tfila that Rakiva had said at the time of Tainus, and upon seeing that it worked, they added on more Tfilas, and they were Kaveya to be during the Imeat Chuva. If you look in the Beis Yosef, in our Chaim, it's in Tav Kof Peidal, it's in Aleph. The Beis Yosef brings from Mokolboy, another region. He says, Noigim Bektas Mekoymis, Leim of Rosh Hashanah, Achar Tfilah, Avinu Malkeinu Chotanu Lefanecha. Then he follows, he brings the story of Rekiva. He says, Kishiro Hadar, Shenene Ba'isit Tfilah, Hisiful of Divir Bakashis, V'sachnunim, V'kavon La'aseris Yimei Tshuva. And here's what the Minig starts to say during Aseris Yimei Tshuva. When, when the people saw that this was a Tfilah that worked, so they added on different Bakashis and different Tachnunim, and they started to say it during the whole Aseris Mechuva. So this is a, a interesting tefillah. It's, it's a, a tefillah that keeps constantly expanding. It's not a tefillah that's set in stone. Like uh, it was said once, how it was said, and we just continue saying it again and again like that. It's a tefillah that, that, that leaves room for expansion, that leaves room for different minhagim. And, and in all of these different, you know, Rishanim and Svarim, you'll find different versions of this tefillah and, and, and how it's growing. Now, the, the, the last bit of it, if, if you notice, the Rishonim that we're saying, they have 35. Now, the Avinu Malkinus that we have is already up to 44. So the last bit, those last nine that are added on, so those, interestingly enough, were added on during, after the Tkufa of Tachvatat. In, in 1648 and 1649, after a tremendous amount of, of Jews in, in Poland and Ukraine were massacred, 
So they added on those last nine of Inumakenus. Now you'll note something interesting is that the place where it starts is, the last nine, it starts the ninth, the ninth to the end is of Inumakenu. The next one, Next one, So right there, there's a tremendous, a heavy emphasis on on Mesiris Nefesh and dying al Hashem and dying as a Jew, because these were were the Avinu that were added in the shadow of Tachvatat when that was uh, primarily on the minds of the people. Now, uh, I'll digress here for a second, uh, you know, away from our Iker Tochnit over here. But there's a very interesting detail that, that, that ties in very well to this. If you look, there's a strange feature in the Avinu Malkinus over here. These last nine, the first three of the last nine is one is Harugim al Shem Kachacha, one is Tvuchim al Yechudacha, and one is Laman Bayi Be'eshub Mayim al Kedeshimacha. All three of them are very clearly talking about Messiris Nefesh, about Jews who died, who got killed, who got put to death. Now it's very interesting that there's this like redundancy, that it says the same, it, it's almost like the same thing three times in a row. It's talking about. Uh, being killed, being killed, being killed. So, so what's the nafkamina? How you're killed, or like ba'eshub mayim, or it's tavuach, or it's like it's very repetitive. So this is a kasha that was addressed by different people, and uh, Rav Chaim Kenyevsky, I think, in one of his farms says that uh, you know we see from the Gemara in Sanhedrin that there's lots of different ways to put someone to death, and they're not the same level. Meaning the Mises bezdins are, are a different level of chamiras for different mitzvahs, you know, different Mises. So you see that not all death is created equal. So what they're saying in the Vina Malkeinu is, I say, Laman, someone was put to death this way, someone was put to death another way, meaning we're mentioning all the different ways a person can be put to death and we're, we're being masked death. But I saw a, a beautiful pshat from somebody that I think Mama stims very well when you understand, you know, the background of this. He, he said as follows. He says, not every, not every Jew who's killed by a non-Jew is a Kaddush. Meaning, someone who's mugged and he gets shot, is he a Kaddish because he was killed by a non-Jew? Or is he a victim of a violent crime? He, his, he happens to be Jewish, and the perpetrator happens to be not Jewish. But is he a Kaddish because of that? So, there's an understanding, and there's this rise from Gemaris, and maybe this is something to talk about at a later date. I, I remember when, when there was the shooting in, in uh, that shul in Pittsburgh, the, the conservative reform shul in Pittsburgh on Chavez. So this was a need that everyone was handling. Are they Kaddishim? You have people who... who you know, don't really follow the Torah, but they were killed for being Jews, or they Kedoshim. And it's, you know, a bit of a, like, a, like a distasteful conversation, because he's talking like when people die, after the Holocaust, the Stipler wrote about it, maybe at a later date we'll revisit this, who exactly is called the Kaddish. But B'chalaif and Israelis from different Gemaras, etc., that not everybody who gets killed is considered a Kaddish. There's different levels. And L'chair, you could break it down to three levels. There's a person who's killed just incidentally. You know, there's, there's upheaval, there's stuff going on, he gets killed. He happens to be a Jew, and his, his murderer happens to be a non-Jew. There's a certain level of, of, of you know, Kaddish that's involved in that, but it's very low level. Then there's a person who's killed because he's a practicing Jew. And the person who puts him to death is a non-Jew who's unhappy that he's a practicing Jew. But he was never given a choice to abandon his faith or to save his life. It was just something that was visited upon him. The non-Jew showed up, he said, oh, you're Jewish, I don't like it, he kills him. And then there's the third, the highest level of Kedoshim, is when a person is given an opportunity where he could either convert and save his life, you know, abandon his faith and save his life, or he could stay true, stay try to his faith, and be put to death for that. And someone who makes that choice, that conscious choice to be killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem, that's the highest level of Kedoshim. So, so the explanation is as follows, that in these Avinu Malkeinu, the three levels are represented. We start off, we say Avinu Malkeinu, Asay Leman, 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 the first one is, Asay Leman, Harugim Al-Shem 
And then we say, I say them on Tuchim al Yichudecha. They're more Makusha to you. It's on the Yichud of Shemayim that they were killed. And then we say, I say them on Boi Be'eshub Mayim al Kedeshemacha. People who, who valiantly sacrificed their lives al Kedeshemacha. Meaning they, they fought through fire and water to sacrifice their lives for Kedesh Hashem. It was, wasn't something that happened to them in a passive manner. It's something they decided to do. And all those three levels are represented in these Avinu Malkenus. And why do I say this ties in so well with understanding when these were added? Because Tach Vatat, if you analyze the history of it, was probably the first killing of Jews in Europe that was just because, that, that wasn't just because they were Jews. Meaning it wasn't a religious killing. It was political and economic. Of course, there was a religious element to it as well. But it wasn't like the Crusades that they were coming from the church and they were killing Jews because Jews are not Christians. This was, you know, uh, peasants who rose up against their overlords and the most direct overlords that they had were Jews. So, so Jews got killed. Now, of course, there was moments of tremendous mysterious nefesh where people could have saved their lives and died al-Kiddush Hashem and etc. But there was also plain people who were killed without almost any knowledge that they were Jewish. Meaning it was just uh, killed because that's what the politics of the day dictated. And, and the idea is that all these three levels of Kiddush Shemayim, all these three levels of Mesir Nefesh that were first experienced by the Jews during Tach Tach and that have uh, unfortunately been continued to be experienced by Jews throughout the generations are represented in these additional Avinu Malkenus that were added on to, 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 the, to the end of the existing Avinu Malkenu at the time. Now, uh, an interesting feature of the ability of Avinu Malkenu to change, to grow, to contract possibly... Is, is, is that over different kufas, there are times when, when there was a movement to change it. Now, for example, keep in mind that us, during the Ila, we say, right? So we, we uh, ourselves are willing to moderate and modify the Nusach of because it's not set in stone. Now, there's uh, two different things that I came across about people looking to modify Avinu One, you know, reasonably acceptable, and one pretty strange. And, and I'll share them. Uh, I'm going to start with the one that, that was a little bit triggering to me, to be honest. And uh, we'll move on to the more, the more normative one. I, I saw uh, an attempt by somebody. He puts together this information that, you know, Avinu Malkeinu has been growing and expanding and changing throughout the diaries. It's not a tefillah that's set in stone. And then he suggests that perhaps in today's day and age, you know, where some of the main tsarists facing Klai Yisrael or Agunis... Uh, people in jail, shalom bias, uh, older singles, and etc. He has a few avinu malkenus that he'd suggest we add. Uh, for example, avinu malkenu hazmein zivug roi v'hagen l'tzrichem l'mtzayas zivugam for older singles. Or example, avinu malkenu hater es kol agunim v'agunis michevleim, free all the agunis and agunim from their from their situation, and and more of the, on this vein. And the, the idea is that since Avinu Malkeinu is something that, that could expand to incorporate the, you know, the needs of each dar as it sees fit, so this person is suggesting that we should uh, continue expanding and add these tefillahs to Avinu Malkeinu. Now, uh, as, as well-intentioned as it may be, clearly there's something that's that, uh, off-putting about anybody with, uh, you know, with, a pen, with a pen and an internet connection could change the Nusach I don't think that, that we're comfortable with that. So, you know, who should be the one to decide and who are the people that are in the, in, you know, the level and the stature who can make this call? Uh, hard to say, but it's certainly not that any person who feels a certain speck is not getting the attention it deserves could be of it to the Tvils of Vino Malkeno. So, but that's just a, like a bit of a far out there idea. But let me, let me share something else that that's, was more relevant and, and more Nagea. 
and also is, is built on the same idea that one could modify the Vidum Malkenus. Uh, a few years ago, during the pandemic, by Corona, there was a push to, to change the tefillah, the Avinu Malkenu. Instead of saying, Avinu Malkenu, mina magefa minachlasecha, which, which implies there is no magefa going on, we just want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to prevent magefas from happening in the Kala Yisrael. Instead, they wanted to say, we should say, Avinu Malkenu, atzar magefa minachlasecha. Stop the magefa that's already hitting your nachla. Because it's, it's not uh, hypothetical in, in the future. It's going on right now. And there was a movement to do this. And some people actually did it. And they actually found, as, as a background for this, they found an old tshuva from, from an Italian rav. Uh, I forgot his name. Maram something from an Italian rav uh, from about the, somewhere in the 1600s who, who at a time of Magetha in his town, it seems there was like a big fight as follows. That there was... Uh, like a, a group of Chazanim who started saying Atzar Magefa Minachlasecha, and there was a group of Chazanim that insisted on saying Mina uh, the way it always was in the Nusuch, and it came to his attention that there's like a confusion going on in, in the in the in I think it was in Ancona in Italy that there was confusion going on. What's the Nusuch? What's the proper Nusuch to say for this Avinu Malkeinu? And he writes a whole tshuva that uh, that one should still say. Uh, and he has rias as to why that's the proper nusach to say instead of saying atzar and how mina he says could really incorporate whatever atzar could incorporate and he says that they should do uh, they should continue doing and don't change it but uh, he had a nephew who they asked the Shiloh to as well from a different town who passed in very differently and said that they should change it to be they should change it to be atzar and that sparked like a big battle between the, the, the Maram, who we don't know who it is exactly, and, uh, and his nephew, fighting over to change the Nusuch or not to change the Nusuch. There are those who say that the Maram was Musker and the Shuvah is the Maram Mints. Maram Mints. It's hard to know who the Maram is, but in any event, it was, it was a battle, you know, previously, several hundred years ago, about changing this Nusuch. So during Corona, there was somebody who also suggested that we should change the Nusuch to... to to Atzar instead of And there's someone who went around to different Gedalim in Eretz Yisrael and, uh, you know, asked them what to do. So I'll just, I read from him, he put together a list of all the people that he spoke to. So for starters, he says he went to Ritzk Zilberstein, who told him that, he wrote him as follows, To change a Nusuch, you need very wide shoulders. He says, we've lived through other pandemics, other Magafas, and even though you have an outlier case of somewhere where it seems they changed it, we don't have, you know, real precedent to say to change the Nusuch during the time of Magafa. Now, now uh, he went to, to Matzio Daich, who's a uh, Dayan on the Eda, the Badats, who told him as follows, he wrote him, Das harbi now this is a very interesting thing. It says, forget about Nusuch changing, not Nusuch changing. It says there's a problem with being Kaveya that there's a Magefa. He's a Gerim Ketrugim Rechman Al-Islan. He's not Masber exactly why that is, but he says that there, there's, we don't say, we don't, we don't want to be Kaveya that there's a Shas Magefa going on. Shas Magefa makes an Eden Rizcha, that's a big Ketrug, we don't want to have that. Now, it's hard to know exactly what he means by that, but it is interesting to note that by, by standards of Magefa, although, you know, Corona was Magefa and people were dying, and for us it felt, you know, extremely like a Magefa. If you look back in time at what pandemics used to kill, 
percentage-wise from, from, from the people that it struck, I mean, we were obviously very, very blessed, meaning it was a tiny ratio compared to what pandemics used to do back in the day. So perhaps that's what he means, that to be Kaveya, that it's a Shas Magefa, is just a Kittrig, it's, 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 it's not a good thing. He has, you know, other people told him the same thing, that uh, someone told Sutim, that just like the din is, that you're not supposed to tell, if you see a, a rainbow, you're not supposed to tell someone, look, there's a rainbow. So too over here, you're not supposed to tell someone, you're not supposed to be Kaveya, there's a Magefa, that's like a Kittrig. Okay, Bukhalef, and these are the Paiskim that he brings who he spoke to, who wrote that, that you know, changes are not good. He spoke to Rebbe Leo Schlesinger, the Rav of Gilo, a prolific of Svarim, who told him, He says, we have a Kabbalah from our Rebbeim. we don't change the Nusach HaTfila at all. And there were plenty of Darius that had Magefis as well, and they didn't run to change the Nusach. So, so leave it as is, we don't change the Nusach. Now, he asked Rav Chaim Kanyevsky, uh, you know, he asked Rav Chaim Kanyevsky, and Rav Chaim Kanyevsky told him that, uh, yeah, the, you know, we should change the Nusach Tatsar, and no problem. Now, uh, you know, he, he got that from, to, to, from Revili Oman, told him that he asked Rav Chaim, and that's what Rav Chaim told him. Now, as much as that doesn't seem to be the widely accepted psak to actually adjust it and change it, but, but you know, Rav Chaim is, is someone with the, with the wide plates that Ritzik Zilberstein is describing, who's saying that in the time of, of a Magefa, one could change the Nusach. Now, it's, it's confusing. I don't know if I mentioned this, this enough earlier. The Maram that's being quoted as like a source over here, it's unclear who that is. There are some who say it's the Maram Rotenberg, that we have it's like an Haga like this that's brought down from Oitzer Atvila. Some say it's the Maram, Maram Mint. Some say it's Stama different Maram. So it's hard to know where the original source that one could change the Nusach of this Tvila during Shas Magefa is, but, but leaving that aside. Now, he asked Ramesh Sternbuch, and Ramesh Sternbuch gave him an answer that I think really kind of expresses, you know, the, the middle position over here that seems to be what I think, what, what, you know, would work for everything. Ramesh Sternbuch told him, B'zman hazeh, shemachlas akaron emishteleles, chashiv kizman magefa. Ramesh Sternbuch said, it is called Zman magefa. It's not called like we're being kaveir Zman magefa. Al-kein yechaylum loim rabavinam al-keinu b'mkayim mena, you could say atzar. K'meshikasa b'aitzer atfilas shekein noeg maram. Says the Mershdemach, we have we have good standing that in the time of Magefa you're allowed to change it and say it, and we don't say that it's a kitrig, that it's like showing a keshes, that you're creating something that shouldn't be there. One is allowed to say Mena Magefa during during the the, the Shas Magefa, but says the Mershdemach that he thinks that the Chazin should still stick to the Nusach Hamakobel. The Chazin who's saying the Nusach should say the Nusach Hamakobel, just say it how it is. But each individual, quietly, in his own tefillah, if he wants, he could say, Atzar Magefa which is like an interesting uh, middle position, meaning to change the, the tzura of the tefillah in a public fashion, to change it in a way that's, that's, you know, real, concrete, change it, that the chazin's tefillah changes, that we're not holding by doing. That we have a Kabbalah, we don't change tefillahs even in the time of Magefa, we live through Magefa, so we don't change it. But if a person wants to moderate the tefillah in his own tefillah, because he feels, you know, that it's a, it's a Shas Magefa and he wants to moderate the tefillah, that Ramesh Shtermel says is allowed. Now, I know there were some places that did this, some places that didn't do it. it clearly, it didn't become very widely accepted to, to modify the tefillah. But, <laughs> but what it does show us, Akhapanim, is that the tefillah of Avinu Malkenu, you know, different than, than many of the other tefillahs during the Yom Ram, is a tefillah that started off small, it's been expanding and growing and changing, and uh, who knows if it's done, or Avinu Malkenu will continue to expand and grow and, and you know, be Pashit Surah as time goes on. 
So just an a, a interesting tefillah from the tefillahs of the Yom worth highlighting. I want to just take a minute to share maybe Stama Vart on the whole Tkufa of the Yom Ram that I think uh, was enlightening to me and maybe someone else, maybe, maybe other people will enjoy as well. The, the Nevuah of Yeshaya starts like uh, in, during a terrible time in Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael is really struggling and Hashem, Kaviyachal, is like not sure how to reach them. How to get Klai Yisrael to listen. There's a Medrash in the Psikta Rabasi that says, Kaviyachal, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Tzayek. And he said, Mi Eshlach, who should I send to talk to Klai Yisrael? Shalachti es Micha, I sent Micha v'hikeyu, they hit him. As Zechariah v'hargu, I sent Zechariah, they killed him. As Yirmiyo v'shlichu labar. I sent him Yirmiyo, they threw him into a bar. So it says, Hischel Yishaya Meshev, Yishayo started answering, Hineni Shalcheni, I'm ready, send me, send me. So, Amr Le'a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Kaddish Baruch Hu tells him, Yishaya B'ni, Tarchanim Heim, Sarvanim Heim, it's difficult, it's not going to be easy what they're going to want from you. And Yishaya says, I'm an Askein, I'm in it anyhow, I'm ready to go. And because of that, Yishaya achieved a certain extreme high level of Nevoah, where Chazal say that Yishaya was the, the next biggest Navi after Moshe Rabbeinu. Yishaya was Moshe Nefesh to be a Navi for Klai Yisrael, the the you know Yeshaya was was a was a very very high level navi. Now, uh, the Meisimer cover that we know about that describes the Pamali Shemala and Hakadosh Baruch Hu's and etc. is Baker and Yechaskel. Yechaskel and Navi describes that in detail. Now Yeshaya in Parak Vav at the beginning of his Nevuah has a very short description of the Meisimer cover, and the Gemara Chagiga tells us that the reason why Yeshaya has a short description is not because he saw less; it's because he was used to seeing more. The Gemara says Mashal the Ben Krachel Ben Kvar. That a small villager who sees something amazing of the king is runs to go tell everybody. That's Yechaskel. But Yeshaya, who was used to seeing, you know, the grandeur of the king of the Pamali Shamala, he didn't feel the need to share it in such great detail. Now, in any event, the, the Psukim and Perik Vav tell us that Yeshaya goes up to, to you know, has this Mara Nevuah where he sees the Pamali Shamala and the Kisya Kavit and everything. And in a few short Psukim, it describes to us the, the Malachim, Srafimim, the Mal, and each one says Kadesh, 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 and he sees the Malachim. And then in Pasuk Hey, Yeshaya Vav Hey, Yeshaya says, Va'oymar, I commented, Yeshaya says about himself, Oili ki nidmesi. Woe is to me that I was, Nidmesi means Milash and quiet, like Milash and insufficient and quiet. Woe is to me that I was quiet, ki ish tmeis vasayim anoichi, am ish tmeis vasayim, betoich am tmeis vasayim anoichi yeshiv, ki esamelech Hashem tzvakis ro oenov. Because the, the Pasuk says, because Yeshaya was like, he was awestruck. Yeshaya had nothing to say, he couldn't speak. Wow, my words were taken from me because I was awestruck. I saw the Kvayd Malcha Shemayim is what Yeshaya commented. Now, that's what the Pasuk means, you know, face level. The Pasuk says, The Dubna Magid used to explain with a mashal as was his way. And he would say, you have to read the Pasuk, Woe was to me that I was Fadimiant. And he used to explain a mashal of a town that didn't have a Rav, but they had one person who was a little bit less of an Amaretz than the rest of the town. He could read a, a calendar, he knew when the Bar Mitzvahs were, when the birthdays were, how many Sifritari you took out in a week. Kentamut Chacham is in Ishkiven, but he wasn't the same level of Amaretz as everybody else in the town. says by Yehiyah this Amaretz had to go to Vilna to do some shopping. And at the evening he decides he should go into a shul to learn a little bit. So he stops by in the shoemaker's clothes, sees there's a shear in the background, Figures he'll be right at home. He sits down, they're learning Gemara. And obviously, goes without saying, he couldn't understand a single word. He leaves the shul, he goes to the butcher's clays, they're learning in Yankif. Again, he couldn't understand a single word. He goes to the, to the, the next, the, the iron workers, they're learning Chayadam. Vaita can't understand a word. And after a whole night of going from, 
from from shul to shul in in Vilna and realizing what type of amaretz he is, he, he claps himself on the head and he says, "Oily kinid mesi." What was to me that I fadimintzach? I lived in such a place where I became to think that I'm mamish the tamul chacham, and I forgot what what it's like to be a tamul chacham. I saw that uh, Rav Pam said that when he was a kid in the Bronx growing up, in the shul that he lived in, there was no rav, but they had a gabai who who was able to read chayyadam. And he knew some basic halacha, and he was—he functioned as the rav. He was—he was willing to issue psakim on on all topics, you know, with ease. And every time they would discuss bringing a rav, he would say, "Yeah, vaisich as vensikim You know, when there's Rashi Tevis involved, I'm not so great at it. I know I can't mamish read every Rashi Tevis in the chayyadim. I've stamped to effing in the Rashi Tevis just to have someone who could, you know." open up and read every Rashi Tevis in, in the Chayyadam. For that, we're going to hire a Rav and give him a salary? It's too much. So Rav used to say, this is uh, an existence of Eili Kinid Mesi. You know, uh, like, like Mamish missing the boat. So uh, I saw the Rambam in, in Paragimel, in Hochus Tshuva, in Halach Adalat, it's a famous Rambam. The Rambam, when he writes that, you know, about Shefer, the Rambam says, Remez Yeshboi, Uru Yishenim Yishinaschem. That, you know, it's supposed to wake a person up. And then the Rambam continues, and the next words in it are a little bit less famous. So the Rambam says, that a person could go through his entire life, you know, without focusing on what's important, without taking a minute to catch his breath and, and, and realize what's going on. And what the shoifer is supposed to do is supposed to snap a person back to reality. Like, okay, whoa, I was wasting my time, busy with zachan that are not important. Here, this is what's really important. It's supposed to recenter and refocus a person. That's what the shoifer's job is. Remez yeshbay. The, the, the wake-up moment, the wake-up call. Now, to me, I was thinking that really the whole tkufa of Yamin Iran from Rosh Hashanah, Aser Shmei through Yom Kippur, a, a big chilek of the Avedis Ayyem could be understood in, in having the realization of Eli Kinid Mesi. It's, it's a time to recognize Malcha Shemayim, to recognize the frailties of man, to recognize who we are, what we need to work on. You know, Tshuva is not about, uh, you know, uh, beating oneself up. Tshuva is about realizing, like, like where, where I stand and, and what needs to change and, and the situation. So, to me, uh, a lot of the Avedis Hayyim, of Yom Neiroyim, and of this whole Tkufa, is a realization of Eili Kinid Mesi. It's Yeshaya and Avi's realization of like the, the way the Dubna Magad explains it. Not to fool ourselves. Like Eili Kinid Mesi, wow, there's Kvayt Malcha Shemayim, there's Malcha Shemayim, there's Din V'Cheshbun, there's Roshan, there's Mkippah, there's Zeres Meitshuva. And uh, we should be Zeichet to use out these days of, of, of the Zeres Meitshuva and Roshan and Mkippah to, to have this realization, to have this moment, and uh, to keep growing with it.